0: Hello and welcome once again to Refresher, the Pop Culture Therapy Podcast. I am Chris Levine and I will be your host again this time around. Hey, before we start, I just want you guys to know you are so down with the Yacht Rock out there, it's not even funny. (laughs) The the numbers on that episode went through the roof really, really fast. And, And a couple of you have actually asked me to make a second one. And I, by all means, can make the playlist without even thinking about it. But to keep it interesting, I'm not sure. So I am I got it in the back, back of my head. But I'm so glad you guys like that one. Thanks for listening. Today, we are going to talk about cravings. Uh, do you ever crave a specific food just out of nowhere? Now, I'm not talking like when you see a pizza on TV and then suddenly a pizza sounds wonderful or like you walk past a bakery, and you smell the bakery, and you're like, hmm, I feel like having some bread for some reason. I mean specific cravings. But for things that for some reason aren't around, you can't get anymore because maybe you relocated or because the places you used to get them no longer exist. We're going to talk about this today. So first off, let's get behind the psychology of this stuff. Why do we crave specific foods? Now, Healthline, on their website, this is what they tell us. They say there's often reasons for cravings. One of them is stress. It says that stress can increase your levels of the hormone cortisol. High cortisol levels may be linked to hunger, cravings, and a higher likelihood of stress would be maybe like you're hitting the binge eating territory. It also says your personality. For example, some evidence suggests that people who are more impulsive in nature have a higher likelihood of experiencing food cravings for whatever reason. And then they have what's called eating context. This one makes a lot of sense to me. In other words, you go see a movie, you want some popcorn, right? Your brain can associate eating a specific food in a specific atmosphere or context. This may cause you to crave that particular food when you're anywhere near that context, or if you're even thinking about it. Then finally, it says your mood. Sometimes we eat based on our moods. Certain moods may trigger cravings for specific foods. For example, negative moods may spark cravings for what we may refer to as comfort foods, right? Well, I agree with these reasons. Uh, emotional eating is very, very real. We've we've talked about that on this show before. But I'd like to add another reason that was not on this list that may be a little less intense. Simply put, when food tastes good, we want more of that. I don't know how scientific that is, but you and I both know that if food is incredible and it makes an impression on us, we probably want to once again experience the same thing. Now, what I'm gonna do in a little bit is I'm gonna shout out some places that I either miss because I live too far away or because they're just gone. And I know you have those kinds of places in your life too. But before we get to that, I just want you to just get a little insight into how my mind works. You see, when I thought about the concept of cravings, the first thing that popped into my head was the concept of pregnant women, right? Don't they crave odd things sometimes? Um, The health line reasons that we just went over pretty much cover why that probably is. But I started thinking in terms of, dude, what if we like took that theme, the idea of, of just crazy cravings and put together like festivals called like Pregnancy festivals. What this would mean is that on each stage, there would be a headliner with an opening act that has nothing in common with the headliner. They're diametrically opposed altogether. Maybe the headliner should be the opening act and vice versa, but it doesn't matter because it's all about the weird cravings. So here's a couple of lineups that I've come up with so far. Opening act, ZZ Top. Headliner, Don Ho. Don Ho. (laughs) opening act ike turner headliner the go-go's opening act the cure headliner cameo (laughs) opening act merle haggard headliner spandau ballet dude opening act the wu-tang clan Headliner, Three Dog Night. (laughs) This one I think is great. Opening act, Bob Dylan. When was the last time he was in opening act? Opening act, Bob Dylan. Headliner, Bow Wow Wow, Wow, dude. (laughs) Finally, opening act, Mary J. Blige. Headliner, Blue Oyster Cult. I'm thinking we could call this festival the Pickles and Ice Cream Summer Fest. We could even throw in teasers for future guests at festival dates. You know, unfortunately, some of these people aren't alive anymore, but I, I had to put them in here. Like Meatloaf, dude. Meatloaf. Juice Newton. Grover Washington Jr. Anthrax. Gordon Lightfoot. Kid and Play. <laughs> Fog Hat. <laughs> Jeez. Dexys Midnight Runners. And very, very, very special guests. The Commodores without Lionel Richie. Anyway, just a thought. You longtime buddies of my work may remember this list from my first book, but it tied into what we're talking about. So cravings. Remember the Saturday Night Live with Chris Farley as the wife and the she had the Zagat's Guide and Adam Sandler as the old husband who wanted her to stop reading from it, even if it meant his dying? <laughs> I'm going to try to make this part of this podcast less excruciating for you than she did for him. What we're going to do is go to California for a bit. Now, if you are a Californian and you're listening to this, I'm not saying that you're going to think the places I'm pulling are that great. Maybe you will, but I miss them for whatever reason. I don't live there. They're gone. Whatever. I miss them. And maybe you understand why. And if you're not from California, I will try to describe them to you the best as I possibly can. Do you Southern Californians remember a place that is no longer in existence, to my knowledge, called Killer Shrimp? It was a very small place in the valley, right around where Ventura Boulevard turns into Cahuenga Boulevard. It was not that far from Universal Studios, but before you hit Lancashire, Uh, the baked potato, you know, that place was sort of close, like across the street. Now, Killer Shrimp was simple. This is what they did. They served huge bowls of shrimp. I'm not exaggerating. They were big big bowls. And the shrimp was in this amazing broth. And then they would serve that with a huge basket of fresh, legit Italian bread to use with that broth. You could also get the shrimp over pasta, but nobody did that. The only other item that I remember was them having sweet potato pie. If I recall, that was it. But the fresh bread... The large, endless seasoned shrimp in the bowl and that broth. Good Lord, that was good. And it was just this cool, little, weird place there for no real reason. I want to say it was at a strip mall, but it was really good. And sometimes years later, easily a decade, I still crave it now, especially because I have no idea how to make the broth. If I did, that would be happening. Now, a much prettier place that I miss is Paradise Cove in Malibu. I know that's still there. And for what I understand, it's expanded. But essentially, you're right on the beach. My wife still craves their macadamia nut pancakes. And uh, sometimes I wish I could just fly there for the salad bar. Do they still have that? See, so if you're from that area with all the freshness and all the insane seafood options available in the actual salad bar, I mean, I would get full just on the seafood in the salad bar alone. I I just looked at their site and I didn't see it, so I wonder if it's still there, but the menu is still very much the right place. When I was a kid, my parents would like to go to a place called Port Village in San Pedro with all the fish markets and the massive grilling going on by the water. This was in no way, zero way a trendy spot. It was totally run down and it actually on first appearance looked kind of sad. There are two things I remember about going there. Number one, these super, super cool Mexican families like full families, including small kids and grandparents sitting together by the water grilling extremely fresh fish and grilling the entire fish which I'd never seen before but I also remember there was an Italian place where I always got linguine with clams and they served it on a level that no other place has ever served it for me I'm guessing because the clams were probably sourced right there in the water All right, so I'm gonna move on from California. There's too many good Mexican places and Japanese places to name among many, many others. Let's do one more quick stop. In Brooklyn, I remember catching a place called La Traviata, which was Italian food made by Italians. That just thinking about it, man, I crave that constantly. And I can't pick a single New York deli. I mean, God bless them all, be them Jewish or Italian or whatever. I crave, crave, crave a good deli. No offense, Texas, but could you see what you could do about that? Of course, we could go on with Thai food, Chinese food, a really solid pizza, Cuban food, powerful barbecue, Mediterranean food. You know, I'll stop. There's just so many great cuisines out there to be had. But I think, too, that sometimes we crave something else. Familiarity. We like our place or our places. We know the people. We almost don't have to order. In pop culture, it would be like the Cheers Bar or Arnold's or the Peach Pit or Central Perk or Monk's Cafe or the Regal Beagle. (laughs) My father was the type to fit into places like that and immediately start to know and understand the people. I remember... At the last of these places, seeing owners, wait staff, family of wait staff, they would actually just literally go to their table and just sit down and talk to them. And I, I like that. I want that. One last thought, sometimes a craving can be for something that you took for granted before and you really want from time to time, but now can't have. Case in point, Tommy's. Any self-respecting Californian knows Tommy's. It's bad for you. It's fast food. But I want a Tommy burger so badly, or a Tommy dog, or Tommy fries. They make the chili at Tommy's and they put it on anything you want. And I remember they put one right at the edge of Simi Valley before you headed toward Thousand Oaks, and I still live there and I about died. We we used to have to drive to the valley to get the Tommy's. In fact, the original stand was as at Beverly and Rampart in Los Angeles. The fact of the matter is, is we crave all kinds of things for all kinds of reasons. To close this one up, here's what I'd like you to do. There is a new thing after these episodes that asks you what you thought of the episode. I did not put that there, and yes, it scares me to death. But for this episode, leave your name where you're located, and an amazing place to eat that you crave from the past or from the present. If you don't see that option to to see what you think about the episode, go to the website and let me know. If you know me personally, tell me personally. But if I get enough feedback, I would like to share the places everywhere globally and kind of give you a shout out on the podcast for being involved. Maybe we can get some great global spots to check out. We have once again arrived at the time on Refresher when we present you with a Spotify playlist to shadow our overall theme. This time around, we have for you a Refresher podcast cravings playlist. You can find it really easily on Spotify. Just type in Refresher podcast cravings. Track number one, Tommy, can you hear me? (laughs) By the Who. Track number two. Luciano Pavarotti and Dame Joan Sutherland, the National Philharmonic Orchestra and the London Opera Chorus with La Traviata, part one. You see what I'm doing here? Track three. Jumbo Shrimp by the Funky United. Number four is Pete Yorn with Paradise Cove. Number five is Cecil Taylor with Port of Call. From her Columbia Years collection, we have the song Hanging Out by Betty Davis. Number seven is a piece called "Delicatessens" by Allegra Weiser. Number eight, Led Zeppelin. From their physical graffiti record with Down by the Seaside. Number nine, In a Sentimental Mood by John Coltrane and Duke Ellington. And number ten, Elvis Presley. You knew this was coming. With Clambake that's our new playlist. Again, you can find this playlist really easily on Spotify. Just type in the Refresher Podcast Cravings playlist. We'd like to welcome some new listeners to our little show. Our demographics report shows that we now have listeners in Overland Park, Kansas, in Scataway, New Jersey. Is that right? Scataway, New Jersey, and in Little Elm, Texas. Welcome to refresher. You know, let me see my, my notes here. I want to make sure that I said, I said that right. Let me see. Let me see. Let me see. Let me see. Piscataway, Piscataway, New Jersey. Thank you for your patience. Hey, did you guys know that plants improve the air around you and they improve your mood? Leafy is the world's first ever patented self-watering plant container. You can go check out their awesome website, find some cool plants. And the goal is not just to get these great containers, but to get a plant and use that as like a pet plant that you can take around with you. This is their website, www.leafy.com. That is www.leafve.com. We wanna also let you know about DesignCraft. These guys are at the forefront of the millwork industry. And they're based in New York City. Check out their their work at www.designcraft.com, spelled a little differently, www.dezigncraft.com. Then, of course, we want to say hello to our friends at the Managing Expectations Podcast. I just recently did one of their shows, and it's a lot of fun. Go check them out. They are at Podcast.com or wherever you hear your podcasts. This show simply would not exist without you. If you could all continue to do me a favor, please continue to pass this podcast along to your friends. Also, it does matter if you would like to help keep this podcast stay up and running, you can make a small monthly contribution. Just see the support this podcast link under the episode description. If you're inclined to do so, that would be very helpful. But whether you do or whether you don't, Realize you can listen and enjoy anytime that you want to. And, and you can also find out how to donate at our website. You can also find some great merch there, as well as books of ind- individuals I've interviewed and so forth. The website is refresherpodcast.yolasite.com. That is refresherpodcast.yolasite.com. As always, the music that begins and ends this podcast is by the band Dive. The song is called A Day Late, and it was written by someone who I had gone to Tommy's with many, many times. Um, I'm positive we probably couldn't count the amount of times that we went there. May have gone to Paradise Cove with the same guy and may have gone to Killer Shrimp with the same guy. Mr. John Villafuerte wrote this song. Until next time... This is Chris Levine for Refresher, the Pop Culture Therapy Podcast. Everyone, please take care and do yourself a favor. And remember that there's a big difference between worry and concern. We'll see you next time.